You're listening to Embolden Adventures. I'm Sarah, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, listeners and adventurers. Welcome to another episode of the Embolden Adventures podcast show. Embolden Adventures, be emboldened. Embolden Adventures is meant to inspire you to travel, to get out there, to explore, to learn. Let Embolden Adventures encourage you to take those steps to experience the world. Follow along on the adventure. Visit the website at emboldenadventures.com. Sign up for email updates on new content and ideas. Follow Embolden Adventures on Facebook and social media. And subscribe to the Embolden Adventures podcast show on the podcast page of the Embolden Adventures website. Please rate the podcast and tell us what you think. I'm coming to you to talk about Ceremony 6, the ayahuasca ceremony in a series of seven ayahuasca ceremonies we have done over the course of almost two weeks now here in Iquitos, Peru, in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. It's been quite a journey, I'd say. We're not quite done yet. We still have one more tonight. Uh, the grand finale, the Arcana ceremony, as they call it. And we just, you know, nicely went on a uh, quick plant tour around the facility here, the retreat center with the maestras and the maestros, Benito, Richard, Olga, and Teresa took us on a tour and they showed us where ayahuasca grows naturally, the chacharuna uh, leaf that they use as well as part of the brew and other sort of medicinal plants and ornamental plants around the, around the retreat center, the grounds. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful to be immersed in the rainforest. It's beautiful to be basically off grid for two weeks. I've still yet to <laughs> know of any news. I've yet to read an email. It's really nice to not be connected. I, uh, I don't know anything going on. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And we pre-ordered these um, cocoa balls up in the village yesterday. And I think it's fitting that I could have my first taste of chocolate tomorrow after the ceremony tonight is done. We've been on a very strict dieta. Um, we've been a little bit sleep deprived. We um, really haven't been eating like we typically do in, in the, the 3D, three-dimensional world that I left in New York City. No sugar, no salt, no red meat, no oils, no um, pork, definitely no pork, um, no spicy foods, you know, everything very plain, eating cleanly. And all that is helping us cleanse and prepare for these ayahuasca ceremonies. Number six was a, much different from the last five. Number six was a uh, more of an experiential ceremony rather than a visual, a psychedelic visual that I was seeing a lot of um, ceremonies one through five. And, and to recap, ceremony one was more of an introduction. It was a fun like, we, you know, life is amazing. And, um, you know, there's a three dimension, there's a, there's a multi-dimensional world beyond what we know and understand. And it was very joyous. It was, it was fun. I was being kind of playful. Um, you know, I flew around areas in my mind's eye where, um, I lived and saw friends and, you know, went into dreams of others. 
it was a bit of a it was a bit of an adventure. And then ceremony ceremony two was really where that demon came out to cleanse all these kind of pent up anxieties and fears and angers and base level emotions that really belong in the three dimensional world. You know, when you raise your vibration, you're actually raising it up to a higher dimension, a higher kind of higher consciousness. And they say that in yoga, you know, you want to raise your vibration and only what really belongs there at higher vibrations is love, compassion, uh, you know, positive, positive experiences and feelings and emotions that um, serve you know, you, you well, more so than anger and hate and impatience and fear and, you know, jealousy. All those are lower lying, lower vibrational frequencies. So yeah, so ceremony two was a little bit of that. And then ceremony three, it was cleansing. Um, yeah, ceremony two was cleansing. Ceremonies four, five, and six have been realigning kind of realigning your energy and bringing you kind of back to center after you've kind of purged out the toxicities that is that this life that I left, you know, built up inside of me, fears, anger, resentment, um, conditioning, uh, the sense of having to work hard, really hard, too hard and not be balanced you know, not eating a clean diet, you know, gorging yourself on sugars and caffeines and, you know, drugs and all this other stuff that we do that harm ourselves, negative thinking, you know, this, this kind of just unbearable cycle that we all live in, that hamster wheel, the, the rat race, all that is a condition of society. And this helps to purge a lot of that, hopefully all of it. It feels like a lot of us have really kind of transcended and we're, we're leaving here as better, new and improved, hopefully permanently improved people. So ceremony six for me, like I said, it was more experiential. It felt like a relief, like ceremony five at the end, I kind of put my hands up and felt like victory. You know, I, I approached it almost with fear and, and sadness. And, and I was almost in a panic state during our pre ceremony yoga. I was worried about kind of surrendering entirely and embarking on the unknown. I knew I was going to come back no matter what, but it's still scary. It's almost as if you're about to die and you're like, well, what is that like? What is it to finally say goodbye and, and let go? It's that feeling, you know, the ayahuasca spirit, the divine energy comes into you. I mean, it's a real energy. It, it feels real. And you, you let go and, and you're in this kind of multidimensional universe, you know, things don't make sense. It's fractals, it's colors, it's visions, it's, it's, it's profound, you know, realizations. It's an identity that everything is connected. It's a kind of higher consciousness. It's, it's, it's God. You know, I saw God. I, I got to meet God, I think, for the first time. I cleared out everything I put in between me and God. That was ceremony five. Ceremony six was more confirming that. And I hope ceremony seven is going to be more of that, the bliss side of it, the blissness of God. Um, but ceremony six yesterday felt like I, I was initiated. You know, when you join a sorority or fraternity, it felt like this was an initiation. Now, now that we kind of did the hard stuff of cleansing and kind of reprogramming, it now comes the fun part of welcoming us to the club. And that's what I kept repeating in my head. I'm like, welcome to the club. I'm in the club. 
And it feels like those that are in the club are kind of revolutionary thinkers, those that really have a core sense of self despite what society tells them. They aren't swayed by mainstream. They aren't um, beholden to the machine, I guess, if you want to call it that, the institution. Um, it's, it's rage against the machine, but without the rage. That's what I was saying. It's, it's a way to say, you know what? Like, I'm not going to be brainwashed. I'm not going to be um, gaslighted. I'm not going to be controlled by capitalism, by these kind of societies I've been born into. The, into. You know, I have control of my life, and yet I still have to live in this world. There's no escaping it. I do know that there's a God here and a divine presence and a multi-universe, multiverse that is beyond what we can see, feel, hear, touch, sense, you know, with our five senses, that there is something beyond what we know and feel and understand um, in the waking day. And we're opening up to this. Our third eye is opening up. Our kind of psychic powers are opening up. Our ability to sense and feel and you know, understand just um, very intuitively. Our intuition is really kind of what leads us to know that there's something beyond, you know, this day in and day out, 24-7, you know, kind of rigmarole. And we don't have to, we don't have to be part of the machine. Like, we can choose to live the life we want. And it's easy, well, easy is not an easy word. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get back. I think I have ideas, but it's definitely kind of, help me see that I want to be a responsible person. I want to, you know, be a wife and a mother. I want to, you know, be a caretaker for my family. I want to step up in society. I think it's time. But I also know that there is a God, which was never a new real revelation for me. Um, that was one of the things I hope I'd walk away from, to know that this isn't a drug. It doesn't feel like a drug. This is definitely much, much more than that. But to know that there's this, you know, loving energy, this presence that's got our back, the universe. So, yeah, so I feel like I joined the club and I, and I was going through my mind's eye like, who's part of this club? Elon Musk is part of this club. George Washington's part of this club. You know, my yoga teacher is part of this club. Madonna is part of this club. Dr. Dre, Eminem. Um, we all kind of know it feels like that there's something more and we we can achieve whatever we want that our hearts desire, but at the same time, there's also responsibility along with it, that there's a, there's a bigger purpose in this world, but it's our responsibility to rise up to the challenge. Like, we don't have to be enslaved to a system, you know, the boss, the nine to five or more, you know, <laughs> year-end reviews, you know, like materialism, you know, being, addicted to sugar and being addicted to alcohol and caffeine, Dunkin' Donuts, extra large coffees, you know. Um, we've really cleansed our bodies to realize that that stuff, when we come back to the real world, is going to be beyond potent. Like they were telling us today in, in kind of the talk we've had after breakfast was, you know, kind of re-engaging back into the world, integration, they call it. And integration is very is going to be very critical because Integration includes like a daily practice. It includes some sort of way to continue to connect to this energy, to this spirit, to this experience. Because I'm going to come back and say, eventually sit on my couch and watch TV and be like, wait a minute, was this all a dream? It felt like the movie Avatar. Is this, was that real? 
Um, I mean, it is real because making videos, <laughs> thankfully, I have something to um, document. I also have this that Olga gave me as part of this, the talk today. This is ayahuasca. This is actually the root. And you could see it has petals when you cut it. Um, you know, you slice it. it. It has six petals and a center. So this is definitely something I can hold on to. Olga prayered it into my hand and whispered some ikros into it. It's something I'm going to hold on to. As well as the um, Rao Initi, which is the perfume that they've been singing to, the um, Florida kind of perfume. So that is something we can hold on to when we come home. And the scent will bring us, always reminding us of this experience. And it's almost like holy water because if, like, for whatever reason I run out, like I could refill it with some other sort of like perfume or alcohol-based liquid. And it continues to have its essence. That's what they believe, the Shipibo people, that, you know, what the Ikros they sang into the bottle throughout these six ceremonies and ceremony number seven, which is going to be the most important one to bring our um, Rao Initi uh, perfume to ceremony tonight. That's going to be something we can always have with us forever throughout our lives. I am excited to see this come to an end. I feel really relieved. And that was yesterday's kind of in ceremony six. It had kind of a light vibe, it, it, and a good light air amongst the Maloka, amongst all 23 of us. We feel, I feel like we've gone through the gauntlet. We've achieved something really tough. This isn't very easy to do. We've all been talking about how hard this is. Like, it's hard enough to even decide to want to do this in the first place. It's hard enough to even then say, okay, well, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to go? What kind of places am I going to kind of seek out? And then it's hard enough to put your deposit down and then book your flight and then go through with it because there's so much that goes into the pre-work and now the post-work. And I think, thankfully, I'm going to Bolivia after this because going directly back to New York City is not going to be easy. I, the idea of being in Central Park right now is stressful. <laughs> and I think Central Park is um, a calm place in New York. Um, we're very um, sensitive right now. You know, we haven't eaten the kind of unhealthy foods that society has for us, like pizza and um, chocolate cake and alcohol, nice tall glass of, you know, red wine, you know, all that stuff, caffeine, all that stuff is gonna really hit our system like hard, sugar. Um, I'm really excited to get the chocolate balls that we ordered in the village yesterday. It's, I think, fitting that tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so I'm going to have my first taste of chocolate in, I think, almost a month and a half tomorrow that they made in the village. It has, like, honey and cacao from, you know, we went on our plant tour just now with the maestros and maestros, and Richard showed me a cacao seed pod where chocolate comes from, and it's grown right here. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, so the ceremony. So I, got in, I felt like I got initiated yesterday, like a sorority. And in that kind of vision I was having, it also felt like I saw a lot of signs at university. So I went to Cornell undergrad and, you know, a lot of kind of experiences I had at school also kind of showed me that all along I've been leading this path. Like I took a material science class. That's kind of a sign that I was getting more into, you know, the, the kind of 
the electron level of how materials are created, silicon, wafers, and, and solar panels. Like we, we studied all that like on a more kind of electron and proton level. And, you know, it just, the university back then was a radical idea for a lot of people. It was an ability for anyone, male or female, to have an education and to open your horizons. So I kind of feel like, like I said, this is a club and a lot of cool people I feel may be in this club and it's a great way to, you know, not be part of the masses, not be, um, falling into those predictable ways again and feeling stuck, feeling lost, getting depressed, you know, feeling lonely, feeling isolated, you know, just your body's like really getting put through a ringer just in all the crap we consume and all the social media, all the, the busy noise, the unhealthy lifestyles, the self-medicating, the, kind of gluttonous ways, the greed, um, ego, the added, unchecked ego, you know, destruction of in the environment, un, just being unbalanced. I, uh, and that's why integration is going to be important because it's going to help me kind of center again and say, okay, well, how do I live in a world like this? How do I continue to feel balanced and, and centered? Yoga, meditation, prayer, connection to nature, being in nature, maybe even changing my ways, maybe even moving and leaving New York. But, you know, nothing came like that. There's no like magic bullet because I took ayahuasca six times already. It's not like that. It's going to come slowly and gradually. And it's a way for me to trust my inner voice among anything else, above all else, that I'm ultimately going to know what's best for me. And I'm going to, I'm going to act with confidence and courage about, you know, what that path I need to take should be not because I have a job and I have a boss that tells me I need to do this or I need to come to work and do this and do that and do this and do that and do this and do that. You know, be this way, be that way. Don't think this way. Quiet yourself. Be quiet. Don't have an opinion. You know, you're being controlled. You're letting the world control you and, and you get crazy and you get upset and you get trapped, you get stuck, you get, you know, depressed. I don't want that anymore. I want to be in charge. I want to be responsible and I want to rise up and I want to do what's right for the higher purpose. And we talked about our calling yesterday and you know, my calling is to, my calling is people radiate through God's love. And that came from me seeing the Pope and feeling that warmth, that just love that, um, I never experienced even like to that level before just because the Pope passed me as fiat. That to me was my own personal experience. It was unique to me. And we all went through, you know, these types of experiences in our lives that were profound and we translated it into a calling. So I'd like to live my life going forward by people radiating God through God's love. And you may believe in God. You may believe in Allah. You may believe in the universe. You may believe in nothing but you could still radiate through love. And I think my calling is going to be finding a way to connect to that everyday person, to anyone really, whoever, anybody, really, someone at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I like Dunks better. Um, you know, I'm going to live with purpose. I'm going to live the way I think that calling is, feels right. 
and it's a good thing. I mean, it just if you want to just knock the, all of this, you, you're free to do whatever you want and think that this is crap. Uh, I came in thinking that. I wanted to be proven wrong, but I came in with, I thought, a health, healthy dose of skepticism, and I'm walking away with saying, okay, I was definitely proven wrong. I respect the traditions of the Shabibo people and the maestros and the maestras. There is a difference. And last night I could feel it in my body. Like I started to shake after, once the Ikros started. I was shaking, my whole body was convulsing and I was laying on my back and I was shivering, my teeth were chattering. But at the same time, I also felt like the stalwart, you know, strong, quiet, patient strength of trees. Like I could feel the tree energy in me. Patience, and it's my favorite quote that had come up a few times in ceremony throughout um, this experience by Hal Borlin, and I tend to butcher it, but I'll paraphrase. It says, um, knowing the trees, I understand patience, understanding the grass, oh no, sorry, let me say it again. <laughs> Hal Borlin said the quote, and he said, knowing the trees, I understand patience, Knowing the grass, I appreciate persistence. So I think that's what this journey is gonna be, this integration is patience and persistence. Keep going with it. Every day, keep your you know, daily practice of yoga, meditation, prayer, you know, sitting in silence, connecting with yourself, connecting with the higher power, going on a, a walk in nature. Whatever it is, whatever we individually can choose for ourselves. I haven't decided what mine is yet. It's probably gonna be prayer at night or maybe sitting quietly in my chair in my room before I wake up, like for the day. But that's how I'm gonna connect, and that's the patience and the persistence all rolled into one. So yeah, so I was kind of, you know, shaking and chatter, teeth were chattering, but I could still see visions of, of this one really tall oak tree that, you know, my friends, at my childhood friends growing up, it was right next to their house, and it was this beautiful swing that was next to the, on the tree that hung from the branch. And I just kept going to this tree and I kept thinking it was just this old, like proud, very solid tree. And then as I was shaking, I shaked it out and I shook it out, I should say. And then eventually it just went down my leg. And next thing I know, by the end of my shaking, it was only my right ankle that was like shaking profusely. It was like I was shaking out any sort of excess trauma or hurt or pent up energies. And it's funny because this morning at breakfast, I was like so limp. I couldn't, I could hardly walk. And it was really my ankle, like my, my muscles were soft. They weren't like, it's like they got reprogrammed and I'm learning to rewalk again because I broke my ankle when I was in first grade. And you know, in the beginning of this retreat, I asked for healing, physical healing. And it was really my right side of my body because the ankle kind of, the way it never really healed properly, it, it makes me, kind of unbalanced a bit. And my whole right side, I've noticed my back, my knee, my neck. <coughs> it's all kind of adjusted in a way where I'm, I have pain every so often. So, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. I was like all like loose jelly, like, you know, a, a, a limp piece of spaghetti and, and kind of wobbling. I was wobbling. People are like, are you okay? I'm like, I am. I'm not dizzy. I'm not in pain. I'm just wobbling. I can't get my leg to be straight. <laughs> my knee is like buckling under me. My ankle's all woozy. You know, my back is kind of off. 
and I'm trying to walk. I'm trying to say, Sarah, this is just your mind, but it wasn't. Physically, I wasn't being able to walk. Luckily, I was fine. Now I was able to do the walking tour. This is Sarah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and she's not faking it either. Is this real? All right. My muscles are always loose as fuck. This is the ultimate healing brain, retreat. It's my muscles. Mm -hmm. Like I shook uncontrollably last night. I was yeah. like shaking, yeah. and then it ended. Yeah. Here, just with shaking. Oh shit. And then it, it came out. But <laughs> I asked the maestros for healing. Yeah. All my left, right side of my body, my ankle, which I broke when I was a kid. Yeah. To my knee when I hurt when I did the New York City Marathon. Mm -hmm. To my hip that hurts from running. Oh. And then this is the last of the feeling, and now breakfast. <laughs> and this is the end result. <laughs> yeah, at breakfast I I'm losing all control of my muscles, but yeah. it's not it's not dizziness. It's just my muscles are really tired. Yeah, you just need, need to, to have a good rest. Yeah, they need to regenerate, but I'll yeah. be fine. It just started, yeah. um, like maybe what, 30 minutes ago. All right. Well, you will be fine. You are a fighter, Sarah. But this is how this, this ayahuasca medicine continues to work in its mysterious ways. She moves in mysterious ways. That's another song quote. All retreat, I've been seeking answers through pop songs. One of them was Bon Jovi living on a prayer. Take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. Whoa, we're living on a prayer. That one's for you, Stephanie. I, uh, <laughs> I use that as my mantra, you know, when I was getting nervous. Take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. That's God holding my hand saying, you know what, we can get through this. This is easy, it's a gauntlet. Let's get through it. Trust in me, take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. Um, Madonna came to me in a dream, and I mentioned last video, um, Manuela, who was giving us plant remedies in the morning, was wearing a t-shirt that looked like Madonna when I woke up after my dream. And it's kind of a picture of this woman who resembled Madonna in the Like a Prayer video with the black brown hair and the brown dress. And it dawned on me at, at breakfast that those are the lyrics that I wanted to hold on to. Life is a mystery. Everyone stands alone. I hear you call my name and it feels like home. And then it says, in the midnight hour, I could feel your power. Just like a prayer, you know, I'll take you there. I know the song's based on something else, but the reality to me is it feels like, I, you know, working with ayahuasca and working with God. So we have Bon Jovi living on a prayer. We had, I was talking about Purple Haze, Jimi Hendrix. She Moves in Mysterious Ways, which is U2, on Actung Baby, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, Trying to think what the other song that I was kind of relying on as well. David Bowie's another one of those that came to mind last night as being part of the club. You know, he lived his life without a care, right? I mean, he was a unique individual, a creative soul who um, transcends time. And to me, he like, continues to evolve and I think most profoundly as his time as Jarrett the Goblin King in Labyrinth but um, all those kind of parts of that movie seem relevant to me during this experience with ayahuasca 
it also felt really cool when I was in the Sooks and um, Marrakesh and Fez. It felt like I was in the labyrinth from that movie. But yeah, David Bowie seems to keep coming up as well in these ayahuasca experiences to me. Yeah, so I was shaking. Um, I shook it out. I felt good. Uh, you know, the, the Icaros seemed different last night too. And the vibe seemed great amongst all of us. I was really tired this morning and the medicine kept working. It still works. It works for until four days after you first take it. So it's kind of compounded now within me. Yeah, last night even like once the Ikros were subsided and the maestros left the Maloka for the evening, I still slept in the Maloka till this morning. I woke up with the birds and, and the visions, the kind of thoughts, the kind of deep thoughts of where I want my life to go kept going. It felt so real, like energies, sharing of energies, love, you know, ways I'd like to see my future unfold. It was blissful. So tonight, um, you know, is Ceremony 7, and that's going to be my intention is, you know, I want to see God's bliss. I really want to truly understand what it's like to be in a blissful state. Michelle has experienced it. I want to experience it. I want to see like what's unconditional love no matter what. You know, what's God's grace? That's kind of where I want to go. My other intention last night was to really understand the ancient Egyptian pyramids and like the pre-Inca civilizations and all the stuff we see on ancient aliens. You know, these, these kind of stone structures that are unexplainable and maybe were built 12,000 BC, right? And that's where we'll go. We'll, go, we'll be in Tiwanaku in Bolivia in a few days, actually. My brother and his girlfriend had landed in Peru about a day and a half ago, and they should be in Sacred Valley going to Olean. Actually, no, today they're at Cusco. Tomorrow they're going to Olean Tambo, and then off to Machu Picchu, and then I'll meet them in Cusco when I'm done um, with uh, flying out of Iquitos here in, on the rainforest. But yeah, our next kind of adventure will be um, to Tiwanaku and go to see like Pumapuku and the Wiracocha Sun Gate the sun god's um, sun gate. So yeah, so um, I asked the universe, I said, well, what's going on with that? Like, explain it to me because, you know, I know ceremony one, I said they lifted the pyramids up from the rocks just came from the sky. And again, like this world is an absurd, it's, a, it's an absurd world. So anything's possible, really. So if I now know that there's a multiverse beyond what I can see with my own two eyes, um, I also know that, you know, anything's possible. And so what it explained to me, it said, okay, in this kind of like psychedelic realm that you're seeing with these fractals and these, you know, electric colors and, you know, ebbing and flowing in motion and, and just kind of a world that you won't see in the waking eye. Um, yeah, something like this, actually. See my Tiva sandals? See like how this color, I'll hold it. These, the colors are and how delicate, you know, the lines are. And so if you can imagine, like there was some scenes where it felt like this turned into like waves, like multidimensional waves, almost like uh, the rainbow mountains in Peru that you see on Instagram. That was, there was elements of that, but it was very electrified, you know? Um, it was like some sort of house music, you know, festival with the laser lights. Felt like that. And so, um, so yeah, so if you can just kind of figure that kind of scene and then contort it and show like fractals and like, you know, m these crazy angles and, you know, motion upon motion and rebirth and growth and, and just kind of, 
you know, string theory where you have clusters of dimensions within larger dimensions and it spins around and it was really cool, man. So yeah, so that's what it told me. Again, I'm gonna believe everything now. And what it told me, it said that these um, pyramids, the Egyptians, these um, pre-Inca, you know, those that lived in Tiwanaku, they lived in that universe, that multiverse. And that like these rock kind of structures were um, a result of that life, that world. I don't know, I can't explain it. It's just that they, they lived in that universe on the earth and they're not aliens. They were just, you know, beings that aren't human. Um, anyway, you probably think I'm nuts, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right because I'm happy and I'm feeling like I think I feel like our buzz is wearing off a little bit because I think we're all getting excited that we're about to come home and um, you know now we're taking our cameras out we're all taking photos we're starting to like get email addresses and phone numbers and the whatsapp group you know kind of started up because we know we're going to keep in touch and I know I'm going to find my communities in New York and around the world and hopefully you're part of my community too because I'm going to need people to validate that this was real. Like this wasn't some sort of like Alice in Wonderland trip, you know, and she went down the rabbit hole. Like this is real. It feels real. I'm, belie I'm a believer. It's taken two weeks, but it's, I'm there. And I want to continue to be there. I really, I got really excited about the idea about like having God in my life and him being my friend and how Ayahuasca being my friend. So I said, Jesus is my homeboy and <laughs> Ayahuasca is my homegirl. So I'm excited about that. So if anything, I'm walking away with, I think, a better way of living, I think. I'm a new and improved Sarah um, with confidence and with purpose and, you know, living a good life and hoping to continue to work with Emboldened Adventures and expand this out and make it something profound for you all to encourage you to be emboldened, to see the world, to you know, if you, if, you're, if you have an idea, if you put an, your mind to something, especially as it pertains to travel and immersing yourself in nature and going scuba diving and, you know, swimming with sharks and wrestling alligators and whatever, whatever travel brings to you, this is why I do Emboldened Adventures. I want to show you the experiences through my lens so you can then feel empowered to do it for yourself. Um, I want to see you get out there and travel. I want to see you maybe even come traveling with me. I'm, I'm still trying to work out ways to, like, create trips, group trips, and do something pretty cool. Like, yeah, not like, okay, we're all going to Vegas kind of thing, or yeah, let's go to Florida. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're gonna go like to the Amazon rainforest, or like um, the Himalayan mountains, or like, you know, Africa, uh, things like that, where it's like, okay, in your wildest dreams, you feel, oh, I'll never do this. That's insane, I can't do something like that. But I'll say, hey, no, you can, it's possible, and it's fun. And it helps you kind of get out of your comfort zone, just like I did. This ayahuasca experience got me out of my comfort zone. I mean, in a very profound way. Um, it helped me to see that there's a world beyond the world we know. And I'm not stuck in the world that I was in. I don't have to be stuck. I'm not supposed to be stuck in the world. I'm supposed to be in charge. I'm supposed to have, um, you know, myself in the driver's seat, living with purpose and finding what that purpose is. And it's still gonna take time. Integration will take time. We'll have an integration team that works with us. And we have this support system that we're honing and we're gonna to continue to, um, to tap. And like I said, it's validation to say, hey, 
you experienced it, I experienced it, we talked about this over breakfast. There's no way we made this up. <laughs> I hope you get to experience ayahuasca, but as I said, disclaimer, um, I'm not here to tell you to do it because I think it's a calling and I think every individual needs to reach this conclusion on their own. And I think you need to do it responsibly. I think the way we've done it here in the environment that we're in, working with the Shibibo people in their traditions, their um, time-honored traditions, the Ikaros, I think, are critical. They really, really kind of bring out these additional higher levels that, you know, just taking a magic mushroom or ayahuasca, you know, brew, I don't think you're going to get the effect, ultimately, that you may be seeking without the gross and without this kind of the totality of this experience, being immersed in nature, being far removed from civilization. I mean, think about it. If you took ayahuasca in Brooklyn, right, one trip in a massive kind of warehouse industrial, you know, setting with a bunch of bunch of people you don't even know, and then you have to take the taxi home or like a subway or whatever, like that's not, you're not doing yourself a justice. Like you're doing yourself a disservice and it, it may not be a positive like you may get demons and not know how to deal with it you know we also have therapists here that are on site working with us individually if we want it only if we want it group sessions talking through things sharing being vulnerable I mean a lot of these people I've never met in my life until this week I feel it's funny we're writing down our names and phone numbers and I'm like wow I know so much about these people but yeah I didn't even know their last name I really don't know what they, who they are in the world that they came from, the world I come from. I'm sure they don't know who I am other than what I've shown, actually my true self. We've shown our vulnerable selves and people had shared some pretty significant stuff, pretty deep stuff. And it's amazing to see us flourish. As I said, I'm this like brand new like sprout that needs more sun to continue to grow strong. But I think, um, it's, I'm really proud of us. I'm really proud of our team. I'm really proud of how we've really are so freaking brave, man. We did this. Like, this is scary stuff. It could be really scary for some people. We did it. We put ourselves in the unknown and went through the gauntlet. And it was work, but it wasn't like physical work. It wasn't something that like I feel exhausted and I like you know, my brain hurts from like working too much on a computer or like physically challenged, you know, fear factor sessions. It wasn't anything like that, but it, it was a totality of work. It was a spiritual work. It was energetic work. It was, it was physical as well. I think my body is improved. I am leaner. I'm cleaner. I'm healthier. I feel energetic. My mind is clear. I am calm. I'm in like a Zen state. Um, I just feel great. I feel great. I'm in this like buzz that's just wonderful. And I hope to keep going with this, which is why the integration, the ongoing practice is going to be critical. I'll be finding myself on the yoga mat a lot more. I was doing a good job with it, but I think I'm going to step it up. I'm going to, I'm going to find myself in nature more. I'm going to continue to go the renewable energy route in kind of revolutionary ways. I'm going to continue the Emboldened Adventure stuff, communicating and encouraging so you can, what was my calling again? People radiate through God's love. So I want to see you radiate because you decided to get on a plane and go somewhere you always wanted to go. And then you come back and you're like, I was changed because I met X, Y, and Z. I did X, Y, and Z. I tried X, Y, and Z. I saw X, Y, and Z. You know, I never thought I could do it. 
and now I did it because I was encouraged. And so that's kind of, so like, great, it's God, it's not God, it's, it's love in general. It's, it's me helping you radiate and be your true self. But we all have our own responsibility to do that. And I think another thing I've learned is I don't have to do it by myself. And I don't have to put up like blockades and barriers and emotional kind of, you know, fortresses. And that I do have a beautiful support system, my family, my friends, and I need to open up more and be honest and authentic. So I'm gonna do that. And you know, if things don't serve me at work, if you know the stress isn't worth it, it's just not. Like it really and that was the other thing, like what seemed so like important or difficult even three days ago is like nothing now. It's like fuck that. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. Nothing is. And that's what I was saying in the beginning, the first ceremony. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Love matters, but nothing else matters. In the grand scheme of things, we are an eternal being. We're of the creator. We are part of the larger consciousness. We live in a trippy world that we don't realize we live in. Um, you know, there is pain and heart and heartache, but there's also the counter, the joy and love and, and growth. And one thing Adam, our facilitator said is, we're not human beings, we're human becoming. So we're always learning and growing and, you know, ascending and, and you know, taking steps back and then we go forward and we go back. I like this world, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. This is amazing. I'm happy that I got to meet the Shibibo people. Olga's my favorite. I just want to hug her all day long. Um, I like them all. I was, I'm really glad that they graced their presence with me. Um, it was super cool, man. I mean, even the most superficial of this experience is to say, hey, I'm in the middle of rainforest, like participating in Amazonian rituals in, you know, in the dark <laughs> by candlelight, like, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away from, you know, home. And as I mentioned, Iquitos is the largest city in the world without any access to roads. So 500,000 people live in this Iquitos area. And we're like maybe 30, 40 minutes removed from Iquitos by boat up a river. And so, yeah, I mean, we're remote and it feels amazing. It's such a cool experience. On, its, uh, on the surface, this is super cool. And I got to meet some cool, super cool people from you know, Europe and around the world that I continue, I know I'm gonna continue to keep in touch with. And so yeah, for what it's worth, this was worth it. Um, but for what it's worth, um, it was so much more worth it in terms of my spiritual kind of um, revelations and mind-blowing things. So yeah, so take it, take it for what it is. This is my journey, my journey alone, my unique journey, and everyone's is gonna be different. So use this as a um, way of one bit of information to inform you about what it is you do or don't wanna do or wanna know about or don't wanna know about. But um, if this is my personal experience and, and that's all it is. So thanks for listening. I will talk to you again after Ceremony 7. So 
Talk to you later. Be emboldened. Emboldened Adventures. <laughs>